everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Chat. Tiggs and Alan have returned to the panel this week, but Rodrigo is out. But for now, we have special guest co-host Emmy Morgan, who is making her grand return this week to the panel. So, Emmy, let's start with you. How are you doing? I'm good. I uh, Big news this week. I got my braids out, and now I can wear my wigs again. I'm so excited. Okay, we love a good wig. <laughs> I got this wig called the Beyonce wig. Hello. Hello. See me in the streets without Jay-Z, okay? I'll look forward to the National Enquirer cover coming my way. (laughs) And and not only that, but when she took out my braids, my hair, my natural hair is past my shoulders. Tigs, you know, Black women don't have hair that long. And child, wait till next year. I'm going to let that shit out, honey. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. When black women want to grow their hair, they yeah. keep braids. Mm-hmm. When black women want to grow their hair, or when they about to give birth. <laughs> <laughs> the first, the first for me, please. Okay, please. you already please. know. When you see a girl and she pregnant, and she got them fresh braids in, I said, girl, when you get girl next Thursday? Oh. And don't let it be summertime, too. She's like, uh-uh. It's too hot to be trying to put no wig on, child. I got to pop this baby out. That's why I had to do the braids this summer. I couldn't do a wig in the summertime. No. Mm-hmm. That was uh, well, Tiggs, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Casey. You know, y'all, uh, Casey said that me and, you know, Alan had false positive COVID tests. That's why we weren't here. <laughs> Act it out. It's Get not out of gone. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> And then, Alan, how you doing, baby? I'm okay. So let's just kick it off with General Hospital. We didn't really get a chance to talk about GH last week, um, but we've got a lot to dive into with this week. So let's start off with Ava told Carly that she thinks there's still remnants of Mike left in Sunny. And she is not the first Port Charles resident to wonder that. So, Alan, what do you think? Is there still a little bit of Mike left in Sunny from the Nixon Falls plot? Of course, because Sunny before all this would have been waving a gun in Nina's face, threatening to kill her. If he was like 100% Sunny, that's what would have happened. But he protected Vita at first, didn't tell Carly right away. He had to find out from freaking Maxie. Bitch ass named Maxie. But anyway, I'm, I think most been doing a good job with this because he, he, you still see remnants of, of Mike, the gentler side of Sonny in his interactions with people. And I'm actually liking that. I can watch Sonny in scenes now. Guy actually just complimented Mo. Must be sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> you are already starting somewhere, Jesus. Um, now, of course, Tiggs, another side of GH storytelling that's going on, and we'll get back to Alan on this too, is all the Drew stuff. So Drew fell into water um, as he survived his shooting. Um, 
Anna is getting uh, with Valentine as Peter runs off. There's a lot going on here with this Drew plotline. So what are you thinking of that aspect of the show right now? I wanted to end. Feel like Cameron Madison been on this show because it feels like it's been forever because he debuted in August. We learned on the download back in like May that he was coming. April, May, and then he finally showed up. Now he's been back for two months, damn near three months. They're dragging us out. It's not a good story. Dan and Chris, no, y'all dropped the ball with Dante. You can't do a good programming story. Don't do it. And it's like, they've been okay, but if G's going to have to have two writers, they need to have somebody that's going to understand the mob shit and understand all the action adventure shit and be able to marry the two together. Chris and Dan don't do that so well. And they drag shit out. Like, Sonny didn't need to be gone for nine months with little to no payoff. And yeah, we get little remnants of money because yeah, when now he didn't find out that Jason and Carly almost screwed and all that, he's taking it way better than Sonny would have ever taken that information. But it's just like, okay. Well, I, I need something else. I need some more. And this Drew shit is dragging out. It's pissing me off that Peter is the smartest criminal that ever criminaled ever in life. He, you managed to turn all of Victor Cassidy's men against him. Victor Cassidy and OG, I can see it just as next. But Victor, really? I guarantee you would have did that shit to Charlotte. <laughs> like, I, like, he's always a step ahead. He always gets away. Wes Ramsey has to build his four-year contract. Get rid of it. I, I, I can't take this shit no more. This Peter storyline has dragged for four years. I can't take it no more. And I want Drew to get back to Fort Charles so we can move on. Like, Cam, also, you know, he's done a great job. He looks great. I'm liking him better than Billy Miller. Yes, I said it. The Ben Master Part 2. Tweet me if you want to. <laughs> because Cameron has grown as an actor. He's a really nice guy, and he ain't gonna phone it in because it ain't Shakespearean work, okay? Because all this shit going on right now, Billy Miller couldn't have did that. Yeah, Billy Miller is good at being a smart ass and dramatic scenes, but the light, fluffier stuff for Drew, Cam's nailing that. But, um... It's, and I thought yeah, it was just, never... Like, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said this, but now I'm comfortable with saying it. Cameron Matheson is showing way more range than. It is, yeah. I mean, yeah. I like. Yes, for a good portion of his time on my children, he was a hair model. Yes, but after a decade, oh, after a decade, he's he's finally coming to his own as an actor, and I appreciate that. Getting older, having more experience, more television experience, he's fine now. That's why I can't wait to see him interact. With Maxie, with Sam, with Britt, Terry. I mean, it's all kind of moving before Charles keeps hunching on. Brooklyn. Oh no, he can't hit. Damn, that's a cut. Oh, but yeah, still. Y'all know, y'all know what I'm trying to say. I just can't wait till we get over this because I don't care. Like you have to say what this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You've kept Drew locked up for the last two years, and then Victor, you've been waiting for a way to control him. And of course, Peter is the only one that knows. If you bounce that ass for him a couple times, he'll kill anybody for you. Like, what? No. It, like, 
my whole scene is okay, I get it. Jason is this super mob hitman. Drew is Navy Steel. You could have found so many men that that were skilled marksmen that you could have paid to do your bidding for you that you didn't have to go through all this for the brainwash and all that shit. It's stupid. You know, y'all trying to be on some Stefano, Demira, John Black shit. That shit worked in the 80s. The shit has played out and stupid and whack now in 2021. Don't do that brainwash and conditioning bullshit no more. It's an old soul trope. Nobody believes it anymore. It's stupid. It's played out, especially when you don't know how to do it right. So can we just leave that? One aspect of the story that um, I didn't like on the most recent episode was when Victor was talking once again about Drew's memory control and that it's been reactivated by Peter. I didn't understand the memory control story the first time around under Gene and Shelley. I It was so outrageously and ridiculously confusing because we went, you know, a whole year and Drew's memories were discussed like for May sweeps and February sweeps. And then they were never talked about again. And then in December, they were in some flash drive of an ornament for the Christmas town tree hanging. And so now we're getting back into the Drew memory thing. And it's all just too convoluted. And I wish they would also move this Victor Cassidyne plot along. I'm liking Charles Shaughnessy in the role. I'm liking what the character Victor has to offer. Um, But it's just a little too much. Now, Alan, let's go back to you because so let's talk about the Robert and Anna uh, kind of venturing of the story. So many people were having a problem with Robert and Anna not being written as sharp as they used to. Did you find some holes in the writing that made you groan a little bit? Yeah, because they're making Peter win against Robert and Anna, the freaking superstar spies. It's ludicrous. Peter should be dead by now. Why won't you give us what you want to just kill him? It's pathetic. And they still have Anna on this bullshit. She don't want to shoot the kill. After everything this motherfucker did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, like, she should have went to hell on sight. Like, what? Oh, because she still feels bad about what happened with Alex. Alex deserved it. She was going to kill you. Exactly. No. Alex is probably alive anyway. She probably is. I feel like, yeah, she's going to turn up alive, you know, by next month, probably. Which I'm so over returns from the dead on General Hospital. It's ridiculous and way too played out. Um, Now, also, besides that, um, I know there's another plot that's frustrating fans on General Hospital. And that is this whole Curtis plot of the man who's watching him and you know possibly his father and all of that stuff so Tiggs what do you think about this side of the show for this story? I don't see see what it's frustrating people for the black people are on the screen and they seem to be having a story what's frustrating people I'm loving well many people are frustrated that once again they're like introducing a backstory for Curtis, but will they actually get into it? So it's not frustrating in terms of people having story. It's frustrating in terms of, are they going to finally not make Curtis a side character? That's well, yeah, the frustration I mean, that I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, his, his, his origin story was just, he was, you know, he was Tommy's brother and he used to be a cop and he had a drug problem. 
and he messed around with Porsche back in the day. Okay. But I love the fact that we're starting to learn more about his appearance. And yeah, that's his damn dad. Like the way he was explaining it to Porsche, like he just didn't come home one day. Oh, he had a heart attack. No, the fuck he didn't. He left your arm, probably had another. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and then they never even said that his mama died. They just, he just made it seem like his mama had a nervous breakdown and that was it. He never said that his mother died. His mom could be in the nut house somewhere. We don't know. But no, I think they are exploring more in the Curtis because they, they know we love Donnell Turner. The character's popular. Him and Porsche are popular together. They need something to do until they find a decent Jordan. So, oh, Frank, please, please, please let Mark Teshner do his job. Stay away from Whole Foods. Stay away from Trader Joe's. Stay away from Costco. Just let Mark Teshner do his job, please. Carla Mosley would work. Like I said, Carla Mosley, Victoria Platt, Dominique Jennings. There are plenty of beautiful black women over 40 that would be hot with Donnell Turner that can act. Brianna Cole Henry was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And it took them three years to realize she didn't fit. Like Alan said, GH, they, they don't know when, when, when to get rid of a character. They don't know when to recast. They will let shit drag out. The, the, we, can't, we can't afford this anymore. We don't have time to, we'll just let the fans get used to it. No. We ain't got time for that shit no more. We're like, we all got ADHD. We all tired. Like, no, we ain't got time for that shit. So, yeah, I, I'm fine. I just hope they continue on. What I'm worried about when it comes to Curtis, I don't want him being trended that, okay? And they, no, no. Or she's still young enough to let her pop a kid out of Curtis if, that, if it's that deep. Because I, no. She's Haggard's daughter. She's Gia's niece, period. Mm-hmm. We don't need no paternity story, no. But that should go. Especially not on General Hospital. <laughs> Um, So anyway, let's uh, now go over to Days of Our Lives. So Days of Our Lives has a lot going on, um, especially as Mardevil continues to terrorize Salem. And Mardevil is now going after Julie as her next target. And also, Marlena has greenlit Johnny's film, despite John's objections. So, Emmy, let's go to you. What are you thinking of all the happenings in Salem lately surrounding Mardevil? Well, first off, I'm all caught up. <laughs> it took me, what, two months? Um, yes. <laughs> I love how realistic this is written. I, I know that sounds weird, but, like, John and Marlena having the conversation where Marlena's like, y'all just keep pretending like it never happened. And John's like, well, we didn't want to hurt your feelings. And she's like, that hurts my feelings, pretending it didn't happen. And then for them to like talk about why she wants to film Greenlit, obviously it's the devil speaking. And he's saying, no, I don't, I don't think it's good for you. And she's like, it happened to me. And he's like, yeah, but I saved you. And it was just such a, like, God, I felt like I was watching a home video. It didn't feel like I was watching a soap opera. It felt literally like I was watching these two people on a home video screen and they're really married and the devil really went inside this woman. It it was amazing. Um, I have to say, I'm kind of pissed that the devil's going after Julie. Having caught up for this whole year, God, everybody, I, and I love Julie being in the story, but everybody 
comes for this bitch. Like she's she's been a, called an old battle axe. She's been called a bitch. She's been called this. That. Damn, can't y'all like respect Julie and Xander and <laughs> Xander and that that twit Gwen? Ugh. I hope the devil possesses both of them and gets rid of them because I cannot stand either one of them. Although <laughs> Xander is fine as fuck. Oh, of course. Before he die, I want to get a ride. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh, of course. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, Alan, let's go to you next for your thoughts of Marlena. So um, Marlena got summoned by the devil once again, and she's still trying to resist. But then she had a series of flashbacks to her first possession, which made her soul even more vulnerable. So what are you thinking of Marlena's continued possession? It is the best story on the show right now. It is so compelling, and it makes up for some other shitty plots with all Philip and Brady fighting over Chloe and all that shit, the B shit that Ron doesn't really care about. That's a, that's a checkmark stories. I can't wait for Marlena to go after Julie again, because... That bitch has it coming. Remember her fucking defending the sanctity of that fucking couch that Sierra was raped on? Fuck Julie. Oh, big Julie. Oh, Aunt Julie. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Get out of here, Julie. Yeah, Emmy's like, why is everybody coming to Julie? There's a reason why Julie Olsen has been around for 50 years and she's been a bitch for all 50. That's why. (laughs) Julie, I mean, no. Just because she's old now, she, Julie was never some romantic torture to heroin. The first episode of the goddamn show, her little hot ass caught in Salem Place still. Like, she was a terrible mother to David. Uh. Like, no, she, her and her mama was fighting over Doug. Julie's always been a bitch. So, yeah. <laughs> That's why people don't consider her the main of the show. Because she's a bitch. Julie's always been a bitch. Pigs, you men, that's a little bitch. <laughs> okay. It's I like, knew I you were going to say it. But when people fuck with Julie, it's fine by me because Julie didn't fuck with enough people her damn self. Poor Jules. Aww. I've always loved Julie. And your stands firm in her beliefs. You know, Julie hasn't changed since 1965 and not many characters can say that. Um, and I think it makes perfect sense for Marlena to be going after her because, you know, they've centered so much of the story around Doug and the whole Bayview thing and Doug, you know, being possessed as well. So, I mean, it all makes perfect sense. It's not out of character for Mardevil to go after Julie, in my opinion. Now, Alan, you had sent out a tweet um, about the whole Xander, Justin, Gwen, Bonnie story. And Alan, you said, mm. I don't like this story, but Xander, Justin, and Gwen Bonnie interacting is fun. I do like when soaps have character uh, characters who don't normally interact in scenes together. It can get stale when the same characters just interact with each other. So are you enjoying that aspect of the story only? Um, because for me, it's certainly the dead weight of the show. Um, but how are you, what are your thoughts overall about the story? The story itself sucks because Xander and Gwen do not have romantic chemistry, and this whole Bonnie killing and then Calista Flock, I mean, Lockhart. <laughs> <office>. <laughs> 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 
God, Ron. Uh, but yeah. yeah, anyway, it's fun. Wally Kurth and Paul Tucker have great, they're great bouncing off each other. Alert so that's what makes us, that's one of the fun aspects, but other than that, it's dumb, and Xander and Gwen, and Gwen need to break up quick before Sarah Recast shows up. They just need to well, be. Well, probably happy. break up after that. You know, with um, Matthew Ashford, you know, once again, the tradition is back um, of him being let go, oh. um, unfortunately. But at least he's going to die this time. That's true. You know, at least Jack will be alive still. True. So, you know, they just need to really, you know, just get the story done. Wrap up Gwen's story. I don't care anymore. You know, um, and now we're getting Melinda back involved into it. And uh, I'm done. I, Emily O'Brien has done great. You know, I don't think she's ever mm. slept on the job. But this character just isn't working. And this is one of the worst examples of how to do the long lost child soap trope, which, in my opinion, is one of the easiest to get right. It is so easy to do that story. So he is not Kendall Hart. David Chrysler did it in it. 2000 got him light. Exactly. That, that's because there was no real plan. Didn't mm. the Ron pulled this out of his ass. Mm. This was never supposed to be the plan for Gwen. But then Camilla Bannis left and they needed a bad girl. So they decided to change courses with Gwen. He pulled this out of his ass. And that's why we got this terrible story and led, led to Laura Horton being killed off for no fucking reason and Jennifer being in Boston for the last eight months for no fucking reason. And now she didn't just move there. Now she's going to come back and get Jack with some Chick-fil-A over the holidays and take him back with her. <laughs> I get well, What is pissing me off is that <laughs> the show is, is, is losing the core. The core mm. is the points. Hope nice. has been gone for a year. We barely see Sean Douglas. Sierra, mm. Sierra is so far up Brent Ben's fucking prostate. <laughs> oh she barely tells us that she a curiosity Brady or a goddamn for Like only now, now, and, when she needs and, a job. Yeah, and, and then, you know, Abigail is more of a demure than anything. JJ's not there. Now Jack and Jennifer are going to be gone. Doug and Julie, oh, what is hell? I mean, yeah, you have ah. Eli there, but I am, Lonnie and Eli are kind of, you know, relegated with the black folk. Yeah, they're technically Hortons, too, and the babies, but, you know, they don't do anything with Lucas. Like, a, 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 a fan was talking to me earlier. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know what the hell Lucas does for a living anymore. How the hell is he investing in Johnny Lucas? I don't know what he does either. Right. The last mm-hmm. one who Lucas had a job. That's what I like too. He was working. He looks above the freaking a freaking bar. So how yeah, does he have the money? He doesn't have a job. That's and how I'm many apartments? Like, how many yeah, apartments are up there? The last job was years ago when he was working with Kate on Hurts and Home, and then they fired Brian Tillo again, and Lucas ended up moving, and he had this fiance we never met off screen. So I'm like, what well, he was with, He was with Jordan's a Cheryl for a bit um, when he like came back to the show. Um, and then, I mean, Ron's given him plenty of story before, but I don't understand why he's added into this cast rotation. Like to me, the cast rotation has to stop. It, it's too much. It, I'm done with yeah. it. I don't care what uh, yeah. issues it's there are. Like- 
get me down to 25 regular characters if you have to, because I'm over it. It's too much to every year have, you know, I, I understand Alice and Sweeney. She's the only one I get, but it's too much to have Lucas on for three months, Lucas gone for six, Lucas back for two, Lucas gone for seven. That shit's too much. I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. Like Bill as well, because they've been kind of off for a few months now, too. Exactly. Wait, who? Don and Bell. Oh, well, yeah. I think, Don yeah, Bell, Bell yeah. about to pop up, you know. But she should be on every day. But you know, yeah, yeah. Sean and Bell should be driving story at this point. Like, then, I don't understand where is why Bella? they aren't driving story. Like, like, like I said, Lucas needs to be, since Jennifer is going to be gone, Hope's not there, Lucas needs to be living at Tom and Alice's with Doug and Julie. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they, they need to give him something to do. And yes, Allie's there. But yeah, we need more Hortons. Like, and I want somebody with the last name Horton. That's why I want Jeremy home. Like, mm-hmm. we need more Hortons. There needs to be a goddamn Horton working at University Hospital at all fucking times. Period. And it needs to be Mike. It desperately uh, needs it, to be Mike. It doesn't have to be Mike. It can be Jeremy. Jeremy's old enough to be a doctor. Jeremy well, should be my age by now. Go for no, Jeremy. Yeah, um, Jeremy could be a doctor. It doesn't make sense that, that Mike would move back to Salem after Jennifer and Selden moved to Boston, basically, to be closer and near him since Laura's day. That don't make sense. I mean, I wouldn't mind him coming in to reintroduce Jeremy. It could be more Cliff Critchlow. Like, but, you know, just bring Jeremy back, let him establish himself in town again and stuff like that. And they can do that. But it needs to be more Hortons on the screen. And I'm, I'm like you, Casey. I'm tired of the Castle pages. Like, I had no idea that Suzanne Rogers had that horrible accident last year. And that's why we didn't see Max. I just thought Ken was on his bullshit. Oh, we just ain't going to see Maggie and Victor for six, seven months. That's what I thought. I didn't, I didn't know the poor woman had burned her hair off. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because I'm like, okay, they got to acknowledge that. Because the Margaret Simmons, Horton Kiriak, if I know, it's no secret to the motherfucker. <laughs> and you mean to tell me she ain't heard from her baby in seven months? Bullshit. And she's not concerned? I mean, yeah, this is like, I'm oh. so confused, you know, with a lot of open and And I love Ron. I do. He's, you know, mm-hmm. giving me an entertaining show, but with his entertainment comes a lot of issues. He did it at mm-hmm. One Life. He did it at GH. He does it at days where... You know, it's the worst at day. It's the worst he, at Yeah, days. it's the worst at days. No, and I Ron feel like that's a big, a big... Like, the execution of his stories all year have been terrible. And you destroyed two popular couples for no apparent reason. And he's, he's killing veteran characters. Because y'all didn't want to recast Eric. And he's and killing veteran wanna, characters. And you didn't want to write Nicole out with him. So instead of writing Nicole out with Eric or recasting Eric, you destroyed a popular couple. In two weeks. No. Like, and then and then you destroyed Xander and Sarah. I, I, I need to know something. I'm going to need Lindsay Godfrey to get on the main line with Soap Digest or she can come here with us. I you know what? Yeah, that. Lindsay, you open, open invitation. Like, because <laughs> I, I need to know. Like, was it some personal issues with her or was days on day bullshit? And just, oh, we're going to rest Sarah for a while. So I, I need to know something. Like, that's too popular. I know what people. happened, but Lindsay is not the one coming back, so. Well, there you go. Because I know, well, and, you know, 
Lindsay said in her last interview that she's done that she would be open to returning today's. She just needed a little bit of a break. Remember when she was raising awareness for mental health? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. You know, she said, but she did say she was like, they can call me anytime. I just needed a break. You know, and another thing, what I was going to mention earlier is another thing Ron is doing. And I know this is part of Ken, so I'm not going to lay this fully at Ron's feet, but killing off these huge characters. Bill, you know, I don't understand. Laura, I don't understand. You know, Laura, uh, Jamie Lynn Bauer still wants to act regularly. She's said that many times before. In my opinion, Laura could have been worked back into the show pretty regularly and pretty easily. Um, And uh, Alan, I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, I'm happy the bitch died. She's 85. But, you know, my thing... (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm tired of killing off old kids. This has a, a bigger story purpose. That was just pointless. Well, yeah. yeah, there was especially no, since we still even, don't know what went on. <laughs> we don't yeah. know what went on. She never paid where, for it. No, Laura could have just had a heart attack or a stroke that incapacitated her that led Jennifer to go to Boston. They didn't have to kill her off. And that could have been Jamie's reintroduction to the show as a regular character would have been her trying to, Laura trying to expose all these secrets as she's incapacitated, as she's trying to protect Jennifer and Jack's relationship, as she's trying to cement herself back into the Horton family. Um, Now also- They better get a good Sarah and she better have chemistry with Paul Felt. Don't fuck this up. Because I mean, still, okay, that's fine. Lindsay, I hope you are doing well, sweetie. That's fine. But it's, there's still no excuse why we haven't seen Sarah in seven fucking months. It's still bullshit. Or even mentioned it. I mean... Right. It's just like, yeah. no, it's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Even it her is. family, Julie, uh, Lucas. You know, why hasn't anybody mentioned like, you don't talk to Sarah? And I mean, girl, this I is talk, no I different. I was talking to Melissa last week. She ain't talked to it either. Like, you know, that's real life. Like, what? This is no different than when Mariah went missing on The Young and the Restless and nobody gave a shit. Yet Mariah Mm. had, you know, an heir to a billion dollar fortune in her stomach and nobody gave a shit. Like, you know, it's the same thing with Sarah. So a Horton can just go missing in the founding town of Salem and everybody's okay with it. And then it just, it does Kristen no favors. It's like Kristen, that's just- Especially since Kristen's coming back. It's like- it's like, Kristen, you've been exposed. You're on the run. It's cruel to just leave that girl like that. And I know she was still pissed because, you know, she almost ran off with Rachel. But girl, get over there. Bitch, you ain't with Rachel right now. <laughs> so it's like, I just get over that. And that's another thing with the whole Brady and Chloe and Philip thing. This is never meant to be a fair triangle. From jump, Philip has been written to be thrown under the bus for Brady and Chloe. I don't like that. No, me neither. You can't tell me that at 40 years old, Philip is still running around acting all reckless and jealous and petulant and impulsive like he's 19. That's bullshit. So the character ain't had no growth in 20 fucking years. Bullshit. And then we're going to get this just for Brady and Chloe to get together. And then Chris can come back and be like, oh, I had a tumor in my coochie. That drove me crazy. (laughs) Brady, can you love me again? Um, Chris and I don't know. You tried to kill the whole town, but I guess I can't sleep with you again. And then him and Chloe would be broken up again. Then they'll mess around and write out Chloe again. And we won't see Nadia be on this like seven months and they're ready to bring her back. It's stupid. It's like if you're going to write a story, write a story. 
Don't just write a story just to get, give these people something to do. Write a goddamn story. Exactly. Everybody trying to throw Philip under the bus. Brady's as much of an asshole as Philip is. Like, I mean, it's applesauce. And that is, is uh, it's apples to applesauce at this point. And even apples to oranges. They're pretty much the same toxic kind of person. So Chloe fucked either way. It's just uh, she got more chemistry with Philip. Like, the only difference in the only difference in the Brady Philip Chloe triangle, um, you know, after all these years, is J. Kenneth Johnson didn't used to overact this much. I mean, that's the only difference that we're headed. Yeah, in. he is sloppy as hell now. This is like, yeah, I, yeah. I mommy dear standing. Excuse me, yeah, he went to Juilliard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on with him. I do need him to tone that down. But yeah, it's like Eric and Nadia don't even have chemistry. There's a reason why he's been playing Brady for 13 years and they've never revisited Broly because they don't have chemistry. Just because two, bloop, people bloop, are, bloop. two people are pretty does not mean they have chemistry. And then we got these Broly fans on, but I want to get I want to get Oh, you shut up. And this whole last, you know, this whole <laughs> Some last fans last will ship any damn thing. They do have chemistry. Oh, please. I got more chemistry with, with some stirrups than they got together. <laughs> yeah, I'm Please. sorry. More That's chemistry like people with people are what? thinking about. Maurice and more right of chemistry. I have more chemistry with a pair of stirrups than <laughs> nothing in air got. Why, they just why did you go to stirrups? I don't understand. Because I'm a man and men don't need stirrups. <laughs> but I got more chemistry not. than they do. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Meredith. Well, maybe you're in a very specific fetish you need syrups, but learn on that. I cannot deal. I know exactly what you're talking about, Alan, with your nasty ass. I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, <laughs> stop, um, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> but yeah, it just, it, it reminds me of her being with Dan. Her and Daniel. Oh, my God. Okay. No, we don't have time I, I, for that. I did have a very unhealthy hate for Daniel, but it, it still, there was no chemistry. There was no chemistry. Like it was two pretty people together, no chemistry whatsoever. Why are we doing exactly? Um, well, anyway, let's go back to uh ABC daytime because once again, the view is making headlines. Um, page. <laughs> Page Six published an article that stated uh, The View's executive producer is banning the co-host from talking to Meghan McCain. Uh, the Page Six article states, Meghan McCain's upcoming audiobook memoir, Bad Republican, and new columnist gig at the Daily Mail apparently has her former boss at The View, Brian Tetta, seeing red. Sources told Page Six that Teta is so paranoid about her feeding the British tabloid news about The View that he's attempted to ban staffers from talking to their former colleague. Um, a source told Page Six, a source from the show said, Brian has lost his mind. What is he? Who does he think he is? A cult where everyone has to listen to what he has to say. We literally report into the news division. We're being told not to talk to someone on the outside who has different political views who used to work with us. And for the record, many of us are still in contact with her, the source added. Um, and then a spokesperson for the show did counter and say this is not true. No one has been banned from talking to Megan. Our focus is on exciting season ahead, and we wish the best for Megan in her next chapter. So, Emmy, let's go to you. Do you believe that Brian Tetta is 
just this mess of executive producer who wants to control everything because I believe he is. Yes. Um, That is like President Biden saying to the American people, okay, if you guys see Donald Trump out, don't talk to him. Uh, Nobody wants to. I'm pretty sure nobody cares about Meghan McCain. Even her own damn mama probably don't care about her. Like, stop. This is so weird. This is the same guy who allegedly um, faked those um, test results that Tiggs had mentioned earlier. Um, I think that he's too much. I think that he does things for a soundbite and he needs to sit all the way down. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, to- I totally <sighs> agree with you. Um, and they also had a second source, Page Six did. And the second source said to Page Six, they have bigger problems than Megan and the Daily Mail. They should be more afraid of Candace Cameron Bure saying she suffered mm-hmm. PTSD from hosting the show. Um, adding that McCain's new column is more political and has nothing to do with gossip. She doesn't care about what's happening at The View. Um, the show is, of course, continuing to search for Megan's conservative pigs. My big concern here is that these women at this show do not have a leader. I find Brian Tedda's executive producership to be the messiest I've ever seen in a long time for a daytime talk show. So do you believe these two sources saying this is true or do you believe the show trying to allegedly cover it up? Yeah, I believe he said it and I believe they tried to cover it up. I mean, it's one thing that's like, like Emmy said, don't nobody hand it up. <laughs> Do you really think any of them um, co-hosts is talking to Megan <laughs> while she up there talking about a, 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 a toxic environment? Bitch, you were the ringleader of this toxic environment. That's uh-huh. when you got fired, bitch. You didn't you didn't quit. You you didn't stand <laughs> up and, and, and want change like Aaron Brockovich, bitch. You got fired. So no, because if you didn't get fired, you would still be there appropriating black culture with your hair while spewing hateful views. No, 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 girl. No, girl. You, you're not, you not going to stop there and be talking about conservatives and, you know, this is not the America my father wanted. Well, you got a French roll, baby girl. No. She up there talking about, forget she up there talking about, you know, wanting to protect Christianity and all this shit with waterfalls in her head. Little girl. Uh, don't, don't, stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. <laughs> oh my God. No. What the hell was DJ Tanner talking about? Oh, she was trying to why, why was you traumatized, baby? They, 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 they were talking Ooh. about abortion too much. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, was, it, was it too many? What, what, was the whoopee sitting too close to you? Was it too many black folks? What oh, no, was didn't. that? Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it was a couple of boom operators that looked at a little too black for her. How did you I feel? Say, I will say, you. I will say I recommend that everyone does listen to Candace Cameron and Raven Simone being interviewed on Behind the Table, which is the 25th anniversary commemorative podcast for The View. It is rather interesting what she has to say. And she's been getting a lot of news coverage for it. Um, 
I think, you know, the biggest issue is so the main thing that Raven and Candace both talked about was they were basically hoodwinked into doing the show because they both state that they were told that the show wanted to go lighter. Um, You know, they wanted to talk about sex. They wanted to talk about family, religion, and really only have two serious hot topics in a day. So my problem is now, you know, looking at the view for what it is, I think they kind of do need to go lighter because I think they're once again having this identity crisis. You know, the first thing on the headline for The View is when the New York Times called it the most important political show. I'm like, that was four years ago. Like, calm down. Right. Like, right. you're four women in your 70s gabbing about Trump and COVID. Like, it, it just, it needs to break away from the ABC News division, in my opinion. It's a mess. I'm like, this Brian guy is more of a hack than Nathan Barney was to General Hospital. In my oh. and oh. and oh. it's just one um, of those things where yeah you're right like we get it you know y- y'all y'all get y'all little clicks and y'all little clips and everything but it's not even an election year we get exactly. it last year last year we get it it was an election year we were in a pandemic I get it but we we, we got Joe for another three years we don't we don't need y'all talking about him and we don't need to get that fucking orange idiot any type of attention yeah. hopefully hopefully he's senile and decrepit by the time 2024 rolled around I'm tired <laughs> <of>. <laughs> and also it's becoming really the same show every day um, you know I think they had a great start to the season Mia Love was a great guest co-host um, they also had another conservative guest co-host that I really liked. But then, you know, they've really slowed down. It's like they only had two weeks of steam out of them. And then now they're slowing down and they're getting Caitlyn Jenner to guest co-host and they're getting uh. SC Cup to guest co- SC Yeah, Cup. See, and that's the point. I was telling a fan earlier. Tupperware. I, don't that know. I, was, I was telling a fan earlier because they were like, well, why don't they just have Anna Navarro? I'm like, well, Anna's there. She's there. But no, what ABC wants, they want a radical conservative psychopath like Megan or like Elizabeth Hasselbeck that they can control. Uh, That's what they want. They, they, if they were able to control Megan and keep her in check, she would still be there. But it got yeah. to the point where they couldn't keep her in check. If they could find somebody that has these radical Republican views that they can be like, don't make me send you to Mickey Mouse office now, bitch. Maybe, maybe, but it's just like because Caitlyn Jenner, Mm. for what? For what? For what? Uh. Like, like, listen, listen, I am here for my trans brothers and sisters. I am. Same. But there ain't no 70 year old trans woman that spent a good 87% of her motherfucking life as a privileged rich white man worth $300 million can tell me Mm. about real life in America. Even as Bruce, that motherfucker never had struggle. Right. That motherfucker has always had privilege. Uh, Still does. And even now, you you, you decided at what, 65 years old? You was like, girl, I can be myself now. You know how many trans women would like to be themselves? 
mm-hmm. but don't I have the money or the wherewithal to do it? Or how many trans women want to be themselves and end up murdered? And and not only Fuck that, you. She, she used a, a woman as a speed bump and then said, "Well, I'm going to transition." Nobody talks yeah. about that poor woman. And she and that's the speed though, bump. You know, and I'm more concerned uh, about the view if their version of inclusivity uh, is Caitlyn Jenner. That's mm. what concerns me. If your view of inclusivity is Caitlyn Jenner, there's a problem. Um, because, you know, I'm really thinking like, like, about homeless people. And that's, and that's one of the biggest ish, issue in mm. freaking California. Oh, there's a bunch of homeless people. He didn't, she didn't want to help homeless people. She didn't want to get them out of land. Exactly. Like, you want to know why there's a bunch of homeless people? Right. Because the government like, why didn't is they... doing things and providing programs for these people. People don't choose to be homeless. There are people who have drug issues, who mm-hmm. deal with alcoholism. There are plenty of homeless vets who serve time for this whack-ass country to come home to nothing. No yeah. money, no support, out their damn minds. And they're stuck living in Skid Row. I would have liked street. somebody I would have liked to have on there if they wanted to check the transgender box because that's what it kind of feels like. Just oh, like thanks, it felt when they, What'd you say? I could, thanks. I could be on there. We all know you want to be on the talk. <laughs> so, True story. Which we'll get to in just a moment. But my point being. Um, The point I want to make is that, you know, if they had to check that box, if Brian Teta was like, oh, we need to be inclusive to all women, um, God, he's such a hack, then why not get Alexandra Billings on there to guest co-host, you know, for two episodes? That she, to me, is more inclusive than Caitlin will ever be. Caitlin Mm -hmm. is still living... Her pre-transition transition journey mm-hmm. mentality, and that is what is really dangerous, in my opinion. Yeah. And so giving her a platform on the View with three million people watching, that was dangerous to me, because Caitlin, in my opinion, is psychotic and mm-hmm. doesn't have anything straight. Whoopi looked like she wanted to hop across that table and say, "Shut up." <laughs> Alexandra has been. Through it, has the t-shirt, has the shoes, and has a damn flag to prove it. That woman has been a prostitute. She's living with HIV. She's married. Uh, The list goes on. And right now, she's on Broadway as Miss Marble. I mean, this, and she's on the Connors. Like, this woman would be an amazing, an amazing person. But she's not conservative. That's the only thing. Um, well, that's another. And thing. I know that's, that's what they're looking. You know, that's for. another. Yeah, thing. yeah. That's why they mm. did that. They, yeah. they right. did that so they could be inclusive but still get what they want. They have right. to drop a trans conservative solo, mentality, but mm. she's still batshit crazy conservative. Because you, you know like what? Her? That's the mm. thing, though. They don't want a conservative. They don't want a conservative. They want a MAGA. That's mm-hmm. what yeah. I said they want a cycle. They want somebody who's mm-hmm. going to argue with Joy. That's it. yeah. I'm and I'm like, Joy is 78 years old. You can't get her blood pressure to my child. <laughs> yeah, mama, oh. I, I'm surprised they they ain't off the contract to that thing, Candace Owens. Oh, what well, her oh, you know that was the rumor, that was the rumor before the season started. Lord, that motherfucker do more tap dancing than Sammy Davis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Because my thing is, is, you know, 
I wish they would stop saying we're we're wanting a conservative guest coat. No, you're wanting a MAGA co-host. Because my thing is, Sonny's plenty conservative enough. Anna Navarro's actually conservative enough. You know, these are women who are like, you know, Sonny said on their one day, I would never, you know, tell a woman her choice about abortion, but my Catholic faith tells me abortion is murder. That's conservative enough. That's Republican enough. But they want a MAGA on there. And that's the problem to me, because then you're not looking for a real voice. You're looking for an entertainment checkbox. And yeah. you tried it with Megan McCain and look where it got you. Everybody wanted Megan out to the point where it wasn't even entertaining anymore. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where when it comes to Anna and Sonny, I get their conservative views because oh, they're, women, they're women of a certain age. They mm-hmm. have children, they're married and all. I, I get it. And it's not to the point where I feel threatened when they speak. Mm-hmm. I felt threatened when Megan spoke. Yeah. I feel threatened when Caitlyn speaks. I yeah. feel doubly threatened when Candace speaks. Offended, even. And like, even with the passing of Colin Powell. Mm. Yes. Colin Powell, he was Republican, he was conservative, but a lot of people have said, though, he was one of the dying breed, no pun intended, of relatively normal conservatives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not these conservatives that Donald Trump started drumming up 10 years exactly. ago. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, you know, you had just, you know, people were cool. Like, you know, when you had like mm-hmm. a Candace Cameron Bure or Kirk Cameron, yeah, they were a little radical, but mm-hmm. you know, it was more about their faith and all that stuff. It wasn't really about them being racist or anything. They just, you know, they were brought up in that. You know, so they, that was they, their Christian faith and all this other stuff. Exactly. So they were still relatively normal. It wasn't like, you know, uh, Kirk was out here saying bullshit that got drawn to AIDS canceled. Or, you know, Candace was out here saying bullshit that got full house canceled. You know what I'm saying? Just right, or got right. DJ recast. And I think like that, you know, Candace, um, you know, was such a great conservative for the show to have because she did look at it um, from the viewpoint of religion, which I think was beneficial to the show because the show needed to serve all viewpoints of women. And at that point mm-hmm. during her season, they were Raven was your young Debbie Matinopoulos type. Uh, Candace was your conservative Christian type. Whoopi, you know, the senior stateswoman. So they were serving during their season every single type of woman. And right now you don't have that. Whoopi, you know, is still the senior stateswoman. Joy, you know, makes a better moderator every Friday than she does a co-host, in my opinion. Sarah... I'm not really sure what happened to Sarah this season. I'm trying to figure it out. I I don't know. Sarah is just not hitting the same with me anymore as she once did. I don't. They need she- to get rid of that bland ass little girl. She already Ooh! couldn't carry. She She's not adding carry- anything to the show she, anymore. She already couldn't carry right. her own talk show. I mean, like Michael Strahan and Kiki Palmer was doing all the heavy lifting. So no, like that little girl needs to go. I like Sarah, but she she's entertainment. And right now, because she could she could take her ass to Hallmark Channel. Right now, because of COVID, 
you can't really do an entertainment comedic co-host, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't have, you can't send Sarah to Disneyland on a, you know, her first roller coaster this Friday on the view. Um, you know, you can't do anything with her really. And she brings nothing to the conversation in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Sunny's great. She's your star Jones. You know, yes, I am a lawyer. Yes, um, I am a lawyer. <laughs> And Anna's, you know, Anna, we always wish she would be on the panel full time. Love her. Yeah, I love Anna Navarro so freaking much. Um, but anyway, let's talk about another panel show that's in trouble. CBS's The Talk. Mm. How dare you? How dare you? So, well, honey, this how the cow ate the cabbage. So um, I was going to initially read one article. Casey, for you to be only 21 years old and you know that damn saying. He's been saying it forever. <laughs> but no, I this get it. When, when you're a soap fan, when you're a soap fan, because every time I hear that saying, mm-hmm. I think of that damn Stephanie Forrester. Like Susan Flannery, whenever she would be cousin Brooke out, some shit would come out of her. And I know Susan Adler. That's probably some shit her mother told her. Because of it, every, every time. The same thing with John Anderson. You can tell when John Anderson and Adler some shit. Because he'll come in some old shit. He'll call Chloe and Nicole some variation of a slut that you ain't heard since 1966. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, them ad be killing me. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. But no, but yeah, every time I hear that, I remember specifically Stephanie saying that to Brooke. This had to be maybe 97, 98 when I first, about 98, 99 when I first started watching both. And she was cussing her out about them damn kids and am. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, keep going, Casey, my bad. No, you're fine. Um, So I was originally going to read excerpts from this long article, but Jillian Bowe summarized it perfectly from our friends at Daytime Confidential, of course. And so I'm just going to read what Jillian had to say. So Jillian writes, did the talk keep longtime host Cheryl Underwood clueless about Natalie Morales joining the show? According to reports, Underwood alleges she was blindsided when executives hired Morales and felt she should have been told about what was going on. The Sun is reporting that Underwood felt the brass over at the talk should have kept her in the know as a sign of respect with what was going on since she's been on the show longer than all of the co-hosts. The tabloid also alleges that Underwood feels as if she's not getting enough shine with all the buzz Morales is getting for joining and with co-host Amanda Klutz joining Dancing with the Stars. According to the site, Underwood felt she should have been consulted and kept in the loop out of respect for her seniority with the show. There is so much hoopla surrounding Natalie and so much publicity and airtime devoted to her joining the show. The site also claims Underwood feels as if she's not getting the eyeballs that she wants. The Sun also is reporting Underwood feels as if she isn't getting her just due for keeping the show together. Another show insider didn't Um, Another show insider denies what is being reported and states the host and show are in a great place right now. Everything (laughs) is clicking. (laughs) Everything is clicking creatively and everyone is excited to be working together. Now, Emmy, you watch the talk every day. So what are your thoughts on the whole thing that's going on behind the scenes, allegedly with Cheryl Underwood and Natalie Morales? Imagine for a second that somebody came on this show 
and you guys didn't know until the show aired. Same thing. I, I'm sorry. Th- that article's stupid. That article is real stupid. Of course she's going to be pissed if it's true. I would be too. You, you, you should tell people who their co-stars are. Like that, that makes sense. But I love the direction of the show. I think Natalie, Natalie brought life back into that show. It was so, it was like what you, you said that the view is. The view is too serious. That show was too playful. It was too playful after Cheryl left, uh, Sharon left. And I get why. But it needed to give me my daily dose. I can't keep going on Facebook to find out what's happening in the world. Come on, talk, bring the legs, you know? Exactly. And, and it desperately needed a journalist. It need, yes. And she's the moderator. And I'm glad she, she's concise. She's clear. Um, Cheryl, you are a comic. Stick to that. Amanda. And then there's Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You what said happened? Amanda. <laughs> uh, Amanda dances. You know Amanda dances. Good. You know, beautiful gowns. Mm-hmm. Great gowns. Mm-hmm. Beautiful gowns. Great gowns. Um, I love Akbar. And if he does his dad's voice, Nigerian voice, every episode, I am totally fine with that. I think a gel. <laughs> I, think a, I think Amanda's just like the <sighs> Amanda the is very Amanda is very Debbie Matinopoulos from the View year very one. much yes <laughs> yes season one season one um I I like the show I'm sorry I'm pulling for it no, every it's single okay day yeah I like it more than the View because there's like. Whatever is happening behind the scenes, let me tell you, baby, it's not reflected on the show. They are so respectful towards each other. When someone talks, the other person listens. When someone talks over each other, oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, but you know it's been oh. reflected on the show before because their latest mm. reboot did concern something that was reflected on the show. Mm. I mean, you know, educate me. Um, and then the thing that I thought <laughs> was just so weird, and Casey and I talked about this, Natalie's first day, she's like, I understand we're all going to disagree, but we're going to do it respectfully. I said, oh, Natalie, day one taking shots. Oh, my God. <laughs> she just, she didn't give a fuck. She, she said what she said, and that was it. And she... And even Natalie's getting kind of loosey-goosey with Jerry. Like, she'd come out dancing. I don't know. I just, I I love this show. (laughs) Shut up, pig. (laughs) So now, Alan, let's go to you. Because the Sun article also alleges that Cheryl does not allow any of the producers on the show to talk to her amid their love for Natalie Morales. So... What do you think about that aspect of it? Well, it's kind of devious because you have to have a fucking, fucking producer who's going to fucking fire you. I understand that she's the longest running co-host now since she's been there since like season two after they fired Leah Remini and Holly Robinson Pete. Yes. But still, you have to talk to people. I get that you're the senior statesman and now you have to deal with all this this woman who's only famous because her husband is super dead, and now she's doing a cha-cha on Disney <laughs> Star. Dead. Alan. 
He's like, happy Halloween, y'all. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, that's um, one of his favorites because is dead. Look, maybe but Amanda, maybe Amanda said the monster. He's meeting your children, so I guess it's okay. Like, she's famous because is dead. But yeah, Joe needs to calm down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I just, I can't. Um, how do you move on from that? I, yeah, how? how? Um, so, Tiggs, let's go to you now on this because a few people were calling this a Kelly Ripa situation for Cheryl Underwood of not being notified who's coming in, who's coming out, even though you're the longest running serving co-host. So what do you make of that aspect of it? Um, I, I, I agree with Kelly and I agree with Cheryl. Like, hell yeah. Especially when, when it comes to Kelly, like, I'm the one that kept this motherfucker going after Reed slept. So you damn right. But, um, I don't know why she needs certain, like, it can't be like executive producers. These have to be like little associate producers that run around right. with set with their chick, like chickens with their heads cut off. These ain't producers, producers. You can't tell me. <laughs> um, <laughs> these are the little henchmen that, you know, that are being told, well, you know, you have to let Cheryl know this and know that. It ain't no real producer. Uh -huh. Um, I, I I don't care about talk. I, it, it, it's a train wreck. It, it is. This is season twelve. I always say I don't have my Barbara Ryan because of this bullshit. It's not worth oh, it. It's not worth the money. It's not worth the scandal. And this ain't even about as what terms guy like. No, like they can take that 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 studio and turn that motherfucker into a small set for a soap. It won't have as much drama. Like everybody trying to be top dog over there, y'all fighting on a sinking ship. Like the talk is this close to being canceled every goddamn season. If, if it wasn't for COVID, it probably would have got canceled two years ago. Uh -huh. If they could have had a, a new, another show in development, right? So it's just like, <sighs> and then I don't like, like I said, I don't like the mix of men and women co-hosts. I don't like that. It, they could have got. Laverne Cox, like I said, he could have got a black gay man or a black trans woman. I, I well, mean, I, I do. I, I so I it. do like um, Akbar there. Um, uh -huh. From the little bit I've seen this season, Jerry's got to go though. Enough. How I, dare you? I don't find him appealing. I don't know what the hell he's done to his face. I, <gasps> I'm over it. Um, I just no, it ain't working for me. Jerry is the one sore spot on the show right now. Um, okay, over Amanda. Well, Amanda's look. I'm gonna make peace with her being there. Amanda is Amanda, and she's gonna Amanda. But <laughs> my problem with Jerry O'Connell is daytime is clearly not working for him. Nobody gave a shit about picking up his test run of his talk show. Nobody gave a shit when he, you, you know, guest host Wendy Williams when she was off um, in the sober house. Daytime. He was acting like a homo. Exactly. 
he's becoming like Nick Cannon and collecting jobs in Hollywood that nobody wants. Like, I'm oh, and along the way, he's also collecting some bad Botox. Like, whoa, you know, it's just it's too much. Um, came on here and chose violence today, didn't you? (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, now, Natalie, on the other hand, what Uh a breath of fresh air and what a great snag, you know. Uh somebody of her caliber away from the today show after 22 years one i can only imagine what her contract must be like um Uh i did tell emmy though emmy and i had a discussion about this one day is that i feel like this is going to be where the talk gets canceled and then they give natalie her own show Uh Uh um i i can already see it they're going to try to do what you know they did with Katie Couric, what they did mm. with Kelly. They're going to try to give Natalie a daytime talk show. I can already see it because I'm sure they poured out a lot of money to get her to that network. Um, yeah, but I'm sure that um, Natalie would never bait or talk down to Denzel and nor would she ask two trans women about their genitalia because Natalie has class. Exactly. Natalie does have class. And I think honestly, Natalie could be a draw for a talk show depending. Yep. But they have to have a central theme for her right away. They need to decide, is this a hard hitting new show? Is this a light and fluffy celebrity show? Or are we going for I'm going to change the lives of America show. Have a theme. You can't have all three. Megan Kelly tried all three. Yeah, Tamara Hall tries to do that on her show. She tries exactly. to do all three ways. Yes. And yeah, it's Oprah did too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only person, if you want to look at a successful talk show right now, you look at the Kelly Clarkson show. You know, Kelly is staying true to her singing roots and she interviews celebrities. There you go. That's Kelly mm-hmm. Clarkson's show. She's got one of the highest daytime uh, talk show ratings right now um, and she's going to take Ellen's time slot after Ellen ends and so Good. Tamron Hall you know Tamron was successful for a bit but now there's uh, um, allegations about a very toxic work environment and uh-huh. she can't keep an executive she can't keep an executive producer they all leave it the fact that you couldn't keep Bill Getty as your executive producer come on <laughs> um, <laughs> So now, anyway, let's talk about the primetime side of the chat. Um, it's something that we're doing here. It's a little new. We launched it last week. Some people have really responded well to the primetime chat. And so now we're getting into some of the biggest news that broke uh, this past week is that Mark Harmon is officially done with NCIS after 18 seasons. And the question that I'm going to ask to the uh, to the panel, which was also our chat question of the week, uh, was do you think your favorite primetime show from the past could have survived without its lead? Or even from the present, do you think a primetime show can survive without its lead? So Tiggs, let's go to you. Um, what's a show that you feel like maybe couldn't survive without its lead, but then what's a show where you think it definitely could? Um, in terms of Mark Harmon, it must be a money issue. It got to be. Because what else you about to do? <laughs> like, or maybe he's just tired. You know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's money. See, the other I love Dan. Because it's just like, 
Uh, I mean, shoot, he is 70. <laughs> fuck that. I, 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 if I got a cushy job like that, I'm going for the motherfucking wheels fall off. You want to wheel me out off the set in a body bag like one of them <laughs> one of them guest stars. Roll me out that bitch. No, he didn't. And you know what? It's no. gonna be it's gonna be Allen rolling your old ass out. <laughs> but no, with, with NCIS, th- that's easy. They've had so many spinoffs, and as long as they they find a new lead that's probably twenty years younger, that people like them old people love them procedural to CBS chef. They don't care. <laughs> but um, uh, one show that I don't think that could survive. SVU cannot survive without Olivia Vincent. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Nope. Mm-mm. So NBC, they got to pay Marisha for whatever they need to pay her. They taking money from DreamWorks with trolls. They taking trolls money. <laughs> oh my God. I can't. Oh my god. Um, like her, her, her salary for next season probably coming from Halloween kids. Shit. <laughs> it's just like when the soaps used to pay for all the prime time back in the day. Yeah, it's like they're gonna do something. They're gonna make sure Marisha stay paid. Definitely. Oh as long as um, SV was on, Olivia Benson gonna be there. Okay. Now, um, Amy, what about oh go ahead, Tick. Sorry, go ahead. And and a show that can survive without his lead. It's Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> like, Meredith could have low-key died like last that. season. <gasps> Ooh, I'm sorry. gonna like, get you. No, Ellen Pompeo is cool, but no, she needs to reign the bad girl. Just because you got a black husband and black children, uh, <laughs> you got cute with Denzel, baby. You're not getting cute with Denzel. Denzel is everybody's okay. stepdad. We're not, we're not talking about no. Denzel. We're talking about shows. We're talking I'm just, about no, what I'm saying is that's what pissed me off because of what she said about Denzel. She thinks she's just being so, oh, I'm a girl boss. And blah. No, you're a disrespectful <laughs> bitch. That's what you are. You don't talk to Denzel motherfucking Washington like that. <laughs> what you make a year at Gray's, he's made off of one movie, baby. Don't you ever do that. But, like, no. And especially after last week's episode, oh, no, baby. Uh-uh. Meredith, we can take her ass to Minnesota. Oh, last week's was so good. And take, them, oh. and take them kids with her because you know who needs to be there permanently? Addison Montgomery. Yes, Kate Walsh is great. She's unproblematic. Yeah. She looks fucking amazing. I want to meet her son now that he's older. She could be right back at Grace Sloan. I'm like, she shoot, it's about to be. Justice. Look, Ellen, yell at one more legendary director. Next week, the script's going to read Montgomery Anatomy. For, for real, no, for real. Because uh, I already have a setup for this to be Meredith's last season. Meredith can yeah. pack them fucking kids up and take her ass to Minnesota and work on Parkinson's or whatever else. Addison can be the new fucking lead of that show. Pack her son up and Addison. move his ass up to Seattle. Give Addison another spinoff. You know, have this be the last full season of the show. Do a two-hour ABC TV movie. Have everybody from Grey's get their happy ending. Take about five characters. Revive private practice. There you go. And then you got a ball game. Um, So, Alan, let's go to you. Um, A show you can feel survive without its lead um, and a show you think can't. It can be from the past or even now. A show that now could survive without its lead is 91 Lone Star. Because Rob Lowe sucks as a fucking lead. He's (laughs) not had the lead charisma. He's good looking, but no one's there for him. 
Everyone cares about the sport. He cares more than him. You see it all over Twitter when people talk about show. No one gives a shit about Rob Lowe. And no, his it. son is funny. Dude, I forgot he was on there. Yeah, yeah. Rob, Lowe, Rob Lowe still thinks he's in the second season of L.A. All. That's what <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, so they, could, they could not survive out his lead. It's super and lowest. They could not have a show about Tyler Hecklin or Bristol Tolkien. Look, because who's going to watch a show about Superman? Or oh. vice versa. No one will watch a show. There's no Lois there. No one will see they, Clark dating. dating some let me tell you something, though. Like they can get rid of them kids because them kids drive me nuts. I want them both to die. I, I can't like them. stand them kids. Oh, child. <laughs> And then, Emmy, what about you? Um, a show you feel like could and one that could not? Well, we all know that Roseanne can survive without Roseanne. <laughs> baby, baby, they can cast out and made a whole new show. <laughs> Racist bitch. Um, oh. <laughs> a show that couldn't... Um, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't think that they could do, like, they're doing the new Law and Order. It's going to be season 21. I got to say, if Watterson isn't in it, I, I don't think I want to watch. And I'm saying that as a huge Law and Order fan. He needs to be in it. He needs to be bureau chief. Because that show is synonymous with him now. And it, if it doesn't have him in it, I don't I don't know if I want to watch. That's interesting. Sorry, baby. Uh, that's interesting to think of it from like a reboot sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Like this reboot couldn't survive in your opinion. Um, or not necessarily survive, but not be as interesting, correct? I don't care who the new... DAs are, I don't care who the new cops are. Give me Sam Watterson and I will be there, sweetheart. I will be there. I don't care if he has to wheel his old ass out the, out the nursing home. I need Sam Watterson there. It, it's like, it's oh, comforting. Hello, you know he is doing just fine with <laughs> I know he is. Good old Sam. Good old Sam. Yeah, yeah it, it can't be without him. That's, that's, that's okay. my thought. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely a great thought to have. Again, looking at it from the reboot side of things. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I think he, he should be okay. You know, Grace and Frankie is about to rap. So he's going to do Yeah, my mama loves him too. Oh, he, I love he just him. makes that show. Jack yeah. McCoy is my dude. Like, oh, without fuck. a doubt. Yeah, my mama my loved dad. him and, and she loved um her some Lenny Bristow. She loved Jerry Orbach. Oh, oh, I miss him so much. Oh. 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 Does he get Benjamin Pratt back? He's available. Yeah. And he always. Mm-hmm. Ah! He's older and having hair to like a newer, yeah. younger hot guy. Ben, no, Benjamin Pratt. Benjamin Pratt is always the fine man that they that they throw with the lead on the show. Mm-hmm. They, <laughs> did it for, they did it for Addison on Private Practice. They did it with Queen Latifah's character on Star. They're like, well. We need a love interest. And Benjamin Bratt's still fine. He ain't doing shit. He is Call still Benjamin. fine. Mm. I'm like, you know what? Go ahead and get Chris Noth for an appearance. And 
I mean, get everybody. Honestly, I'm very excited for the Law and Order season. Mm-hmm. You know, just go all out for it. Um, mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, you know, taking it back, a show that clearly could not survive as its leads fell apart was Dynasty. You know, the original one. Linda Evans got ghost, and so th- did those ratings and the creativity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Joan Collins, even when she had the contract squabble at the beginning of season six. So, I mean, very easily a show with even multiple leads can fall apart. Um, A show now that I feel could survive without a lead. I mean, Takes, you brought up Grey's Anatomy. What was interesting is for me, the flagship show would have to end much like it did for Roseanne and became something else with, you know, still the same characters. Um, Honestly, you know. And another show that you aren't mentioning. What? Sex in the City. Well, you know, I didn't need the 70-year-old blonde to have a story told for her anymore. Um, so my thing is, like, Samantha as one of the leads, the show can survive. Honestly, exactly. Samantha, was, I loved the character of Samantha. Uh-huh. She wasn't the most important character to me. Uh-uh. Um, and, and especially since we end up with Nicole Ari Parker. We have to oh, I am like, so what? excited. Oh, uh, Nicole is gonna fine. tear it up. Um, yeah, she will. She's gonna look fabulous. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, I think um, what, work, what works for the Connors is that the show is still rolling. She's just dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like the characters <laughs> are still the same. It, yep. It's still the same premise. It's just that Roseanne's dating. Well, and, and also, you know, they did it so well, too. It's just they mm-hmm. showed a natural but, progression of life from an addiction. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, because in that, in, 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 like, ABC really had an ace in the hole with that because mm-hmm. they weren't expecting Roseanne to be a dumbass and fuck everything <laughs> up. No, that was just going to be an ongoing story. But that was their right. loophole. Like, how are we going to get rid of Roseanne? Well, she was popping the motherfucking pills last season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I feel like it works well. You can always work something around. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like with Sex in the City, you know, I I don't get this whole controversy with the Samantha thing. Me neither. No, they're, they're just Samantha. I, I love Kim Cattrall, and she was the, the sexual one, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like, well, we're at a point now where Samantha's on the beginning social security. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like no, like I mean, and that's different, Casey. Like you know, when you have a situation like that where there's four leads, there are four leads. Exactly. Yeah, everybody trying to put everything on Carrie. But no, people love Miranda. I love Miranda's evil ass. I love Charlotte. So One just, of my you know, favorite episodes and my top three favorite episodes is the episode where Miranda's mom dies. You know, and that episode is so not about Carrie. And so it just goes to show with four leads. But I can tell you right now, none of my favorite plot points ever came from the character of Samantha. None of them. I didn't like when she was a de facto lesbian with that loud screaming Maria. I didn't like, you know, yeah. Oh God. When she dated that black man and you know, Uh, Oh my God, that whole story. It was one of those episode. It was one of those situations where I get where they were going with Samantha, but it wasn't like, like with the golden girl. Yes, you had Blanche, but 
over the course of that seven years, there was a progression with Blanche. Mm-hmm. You know, she learned not to be such a demanding mother. And she learned not to be so, you know, selfish when it came to her friends. She learned how to, you know, be content with certain types of men. There was a progression. Like with Living Single, Max was kind of a man either. But by the time it went off the air, the character progressed. Samantha didn't have much progression. Samantha was no, just... No, she did not. You know what I'm saying? The whole 16, she was just And also, it's another natural progression of life. Friends aren't always friends with each other forever. They stay in Mm -hmm. contact. They're they're like, you know, Samantha's a Facebook friend. But, you know, Samantha, in the first movie, it made sense. She lived halfway across the country. She didn't see the women as often. They can do that in this, you know, show as well. Um, You know, and... It's just more interesting to explore what Miranda, Carrie, and Charlotte are like in the same age range instead of Samantha, who's ready to go to hospice. You know, oh. it's, <laughs> you know it's fine. Um, but anyway, for our chat question of the week, the same question was also posed to all of our listeners out there. And we got some great responses. Uh, CJ underscore TV guy said, in my opinion, shows can survive without their lead if they have a remaining character that is a richer character than their lead. And if they're aware of that and inspired to creatively lean into that. Some can't, though. Olivia Pope was the extraordinary character. She goes, the show goes. Um, Friend to the show, Lakina, said, it depends on the show and the supporting cast around. A different world is probably the best example of the lead having of the lead leaving, but they had a great supporting cast to pick up the slack. But shows like uh, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, and Grey's Anatomy, if their lead ever leaves, that's a wrap. Um, we'll see about uh, no. it. Um, <laughs> but I get what she's saying, though. You know, I think it's yeah. the same thing I said, and that yeah, if Meredith Grey leaves. Grey's Anatomy needs to end. However, you can do the natural progression to another show, just like Roseanne did to the Connors. Um, Mm -hmm. So they could give Addison another spinoff. But yeah, I feel like if Meredith Grey leaves, then Grey's Anatomy needs to end. Because then what's the point of still calling it Grey's Anatomy? Well, the whole point is, that's why they had the plane crash and they changed the name of the hospital from Seattle Grace to Grace Sloan. So it will make sense if the bitch ever left. That's why. But the show is called Grey's Anatomy. It ain't called Bay. It's Anatomy. called Grey's Anatomy. And now they work at Grace Sloan Memorial. That's the point. Because back then, they didn't know if Ellen was going to stay because that's when she started making money, money. So they had to come up with a smart way for the show to go. Keep going as she does. And so what Grace can say on Gunsmoke was on 20 motherfucking seats. So... Okay, that's Gunsmoke. It's a, it's a soap. <laughs> Go for Gunsmoke. What, what you want? Grace, what? Gunsmoke want to cook? Grace can do that. It's a fucking soap No, because no, that's just as insensitive as people who don't watch soap. Oh my God. The Younger Weapon still on. Ain't casting a chance today. Why it ain't over? Fuck you. No. It's but the show opera. revolves around story. Meredith Grey. You know, the show. Fuck Meredith. She can go. Like, Meredith lost a lot of stock when Derek died. Let's keep it fucking real. Like I think the show became better when they dream. It's like it's like Meredith ain't had a stable love interest since Derek died. They thrown everybody at her ass. Hell, I <laughs> think by the end of this season, she's gonna start sniffing around the uh who was that Schmidt and he gay. Shit. They got Meredith <laughs> they throw everybody at there. 
She's gonna be cat licking by the end of this. Season. I mean, we both agree. I just don't want to. You know, you know, you know. Um, Ham got a crush on her. She gonna be letting Ham strap her up by the end of this season. Oh, and that plot is so stupid. I, did, were you talking about the Amelia plot line, where Amelia, Amelia is suddenly a spontaneous lesbian all of a sudden? Um, so anyway, right. you know, my thing. Wait, is, wait, wait, wait. What? Yeah, aren't they making Amelia a lesbian? I thought I heard that. Oh, oh no, because she was—I know she was flirting with that doctor. Is that doctor trans or something? I—I'm not because sure. at first, at first, I thought it was a lesbian, but I'm like, maybe the maybe, and God, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Maybe the actor is trans. I don't know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's not but no, disrespectful. It's like because it's so stupid. Like, and that's one thing with with Grace and a couple of the Shonda shows. I'm so tired of the self destructive women on these shows they get this close to happiness and they just amelia is 45 years old okay <laughs> she finally got her miracle baby she kicked her drug addiction she got rid of that brain tumor. oh and i'm still tired i'm so tired it's like link is sitting her. right there why don't you want to be the link this is i'm stupid. so tired of and how katarina scorzone says her lines every week because link big strapping blonde haired pube link you know, will come to her and say, I propose to you. And she'll go like, well, I um, I mar- married my drug addiction. Where's my enough? I mean, oh, my God. Katarina Scorzone. Child, somebody get me an Advil every time she comes on my fucking screen. It's like, I'm tired as, um, uh, like, Amelia is, like, in her 40s with a child. Why is she still on this whole self-destructive, scared-to-be-happy bullshit? Oh, what is it? Oh, her father got it's murdered ridiculous. in front of her at five years old. Okay. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. no. It, it's stupid. There's no reason why her and Lee can't just be happy. In and after all she's been through, like, nothing. <laughs> you know, what I like about Meredith and what I like about Addison is they view the destruction that's happened to them as a sign of maturity. You know, they're not holding on to this past how they discuss it is like how grown women discuss things like the scene in the elevator where Addison was like, you know, I just thought he would be here when I came back to this hospital and that's just it. And then they move on, you know, it's not some self-destruct instantaneous button on their lives. You know, they talk about Derek, they mention him and they move on. It's like, we have seen this with Amelia, even when she was on private practice, we've seen this for the last 15 years with this character repeatedly being self-destructive she like she intentionally blew up everything with Owen she, like she like, like she like you too old for this shit and it's, yeah. it's not old like nobody cares exactly <laughs> it's no. like, because it's to the point where it doesn't even make sense like you say even Meredith got to the point where she stopped being self-destructive it's like I just want to take care of these badass kids Meredith's got like 18 kids up in that shoe box she calls a house. I'm it's, like, it's, it's, it's very much, it's very much uh nurture over nature over there. Cause that that damn Zola, she's gonna be a problem. So she had a I very mean, black person response. She was like, Mama, why we ain't got no AC? Oh, well, cuz baby, we live in Seattle. Zola like, okay, well, why we ain't got no AC? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> the hell? 
Zola said, I'm not living up in these conditions. Okay. <laughs> Zola said, pay your bill, Meredith. Pay your bill. Um, so anyway, Lisa says, yes, as long as the show also built up the supporting characters to be interesting, look at Batwoman. To be honest, I stayed around for the first season for the other characters. Ruby was not the entire show. However, if we lost Viola and how to get away with murder, then no, the show would not survive. Um, and then mm-hmm. finally, um, Valkyrie uh, 2999 says, as much as I liked Kira Cedric on The Closer, I thought it became a more interesting show when it morphed into major crimes with Mary McDonnell as the lead. I thought the transition was seamless. Um, so many great differing opinions on this question. And thank you to all of our listeners for heading over to our Twitter and answering it. You guys provided some yeah. feedback. Like I said, it's all about what's going on because, I mean, hey, Melrose Place won the last seven seasons without Heather Lockley, a child. That's true. So, okay. You know, and, and like, yeah, with the whole thing with a different world, it's like Lisa Bonet was popular as Denise, but in retrospect, Denise was the most boring, huskable child. People yeah. like to say Sandra, mm-hmm. but it's like, no. Mm-mm. And that's how I feel. Like, you know, and, Denise was, and Denise was the most, she was the worst huskable child, too. Everybody tried to say it was Vanessa. No, it was that fucking Denise. But um, yeah, and and plus, you know, they saw that they they were just like, yeah, we wanted this to be for you know Lisa Bonet and for Denise and all that. But there came Kadeem Hardison and that goddamn Jasmine guy, and the rest was it. <laughs> right, that first season, Whitley was just Whitley was just the you know the stuck up rich girl and kind of the comedic relief. She was supposed to be the foil for Denise, and you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne was all crazy about Denise, and then you know Debbie Allen and the higher ups at NBC said, "Hold on a minute, uh-huh. go back, go back. Yeah, do that, do that, and that, and that we uh-huh. got to hitch up." Does that help so, you know. <laughs> Um. So, yeah, you know, in my opinion, it's interesting to see, you know, leads of a primetime show and stuff as opposed to leads to a daytime soap. Um. Like I said, you know, I feel like Meredith is Grey's Anatomy, but that world could survive just like the world did for Roseanne, which is so interesting Mm -hmm. because writers create worlds um, that can always go on like our world. Um, But anyway, so yeah, um, definitely still reply to the question of the week. We want to hear from you. Um, and of course we can retweet them throughout the week, post them on our Facebook page and stuff like that. Um, in the meantime, this has been a great show tonight and we're always picking up these conversations on Twitter. So Tiggs, where can they find you on Twitter? The Ben Master Part 2. Um, Alan, in the meantime, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Alzerado. Great. Uh, Emmy, where can they find you, dear? At uh, MFME Morgan. And even on TikTok, because I'm still famous, girl. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and then blowing up. <laughs> Blow it up. Well, look for Emmy out on the talk. Um, okay. And then you can find me at KCS Hutch and you can find our show at the chat underscore podcast on Twitter and at the chat show podcast on Facebook. In the meantime, uh, just have a good day. Be nice if you can and always stay safe and follow COVID protocols. 
All right, wash your ass, wear a mask. You motherfuckers better get vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, get your fucking dose if you can. Maybe and mind your business. <laughs> and mind your business. Good night, everybody. Night. Good night. Thank you.